Welcome back to another Crypto Daily 3 at 3. All right, guys, what is going on? Welcome back. Uh, so today we are going to talk about first, um, a little update from yesterday, uh, Trump's tweets about the Fed um, getting their kind of next expression today as the European Central Bank announces new quantitative easing. Second, we're gonna talk about Binance US opening up next week. Third, we're gonna talk about France uh, blocking Libra, but also saying that crypto to cryptocurrency transactions or trades will not be taxed. And four, we're actually gonna do a little bonus section on two uh, little mass adoption stories. So let's actually dive in first to just this follow-up to, to yesterday. So yesterday we tr uh, talked about how Trump was putting uh, pressure on the Fed to rate, to uh, lower interest rates even further, talking about even pushing them into the negative territory. Um, and then today uh, we had an announcement from the European Central Bank that's going to cut uh, its rates further. So uh, Pomp says the ECB just announced they are cutting interest rates and introducing a large stimulus package, i.e. quantitative easing. Uh, there is obviously a Bitcoiner inside the organization. Um, you had Tour who said uh, QE infinity, basically. Um, um, with a, a Bloomberg post here that says ECB cuts key rates and restarts bond buying stimulus program to help slowing economy. Um, Trump himself reacted as is his want. He says, European Central Bank acting quickly, cuts rates at 10 basis points. They are trying and succeeding in depreciating the euro against the very strong dollar, hurting US exports. And the Fed sits and sits and sits. They get paid to borrow money while we are paying interest. So basically, this is, uh, you know, again, part and parcel of the currency war that we discussed yesterday yesterday in which um, basically the Trump is arguing that the euro is doing a better job of depreciating its currency, which makes it more expensive for everywhere else to buy things the stronger the dollar is, uh, which hurts our economy theoretically. But the, the problem and the reason that Bitcoiners get so fired up about this is that there's kind of no end in sight uh, and that we're on kind of a 10 year experiment in quantitative easing that really doesn't have an end. And that uh, was at first a, a, a break from from tradition and now has just become the norm uh, and no one knows where it ends. Um, and there's currently obviously the, the ascendance of modern monetary theory, which uh, thinks that this can go on for a very long time. Uh, and on the other side is kind of the um, austerity of Bitcoin, which uh, cuts out the ability to debase currency. Uh, so this is uh, all, all just a quick update in, this is the ongoing story I think of Bitcoin and what it means as a macro asset. This is where the narrative battleground is for Bitcoin and what it means. And so uh, nothing hugely new, just more evidence today of, uh, of just how Bitcoin might be um, involved and necessary and uh, in impacted by the world at large. Um, but with that, let's move on to number two for the day. So number two, Binance America. So Binance US uh, was announced a few months ago, and it was interesting because basically on the one hand, you had Binance announce that it would be geo-blocking US users starting now, starting in September. This announcement was made in maybe July. Um, it could be wrong about that, but somewhere, somewhere over the summer. And then very quickly thereafter, uh, Binance announced that it would be opening Binance US, which would be a fully regulated, compliant exchange uh, 
uh, for U.S. users. Um, and when that announcement happened, a few weeks after that announcement, they also announced or shared um, some of the assets that they were basically considering for listing on, on Binance U.S. Um, a lot of it looked like some of the later assets that have joined uh, Coinbase more recently. And um, just yesterday, uh, Catherine Coley, who's the, the CEO of Binance US, uh, said opening our doors to new users in one week. And they followed it up with this blog post, uh, which explained exactly what would be happening. So starting next Wednesday, September 18th, you can go to Binance US to sign up for your account, verify your information, and deposit any of the initial selection of digital assets. So this looks like uh, Coinbase Classic, basically, what Coinbase was until it started listing other assets a, a little while ago. So you can deposit Bitcoin, Ethereum, X XRP, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, and Tether. Um, and, uh, you know, they reiterated that they're considering more things, uh, but they, they wouldn't be live at launch. And so my question was, I, I tweeted out yesterday, Binance opens a week from today. Does this excite us? Does it mean competition for Coinbase? Is it a big old nothing burger? Uh, and interestingly, so uh, Catherine, by the way, was a great sport and said, new daily mantra, never be a nothing burger. Um, but a lot of a lot of folks, uh, their, their questions were, um, either specific. So uh, Nisa says, will they have insurance back custody? So this is obviously kind of like, what does their service look like? Is it comparable to other exchanges? Um, we had uh, a number of folks who are saying that basically, I thought this was a common sentiment from uh, from Eco Cryptos. He says they need more assets to trade. In its current form, there's no compelling reason to move from Coinbase Pro or say a Bittrex. And I asked, is there anything uh, besides additional assets that would have you consider moving? And he said, uh, I think they cut their trading fees to near zero and you'll get people on the platform. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense moving from Coinbase, uh, which is insured. I don't think margin trading will be enabled on this particular platform. So again, there isn't much incentive. So basically, right now, I would sum up the the, the attitude that I'm seeing uh, from my relatively small selection of followers as um, it's just another competitor to Coinbase. It doesn't necessarily offer anything new. And so to the extent that you are unhappy with Coinbase or you are uh, Binance loyal or you like the brand of Binance, maybe it's interesting. But at the beginning, that's really the, it, it's competing uh, with what already exists and it isn't clear what new it offers. Um, I think that it's gonna be too early to judge Binance US uh, as a success or not next week. I think there'll be a lot of temptation to look at immediate signups and you know volumes and all that sort of stuff and declare it one way or another. Um, that doesn't really make sense to me. I think Binance is, uh, it, this is part of its regulated side strategy. Um, and Binance is a company that does kind of everything all at once. And I think that this is um, just part and parcel of that. So for me, it's gonna be a big wait and see. I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's another option in the market. I'm a fan of competition. So I'm glad they're opening and I will be interested to watch. Um, but as of yet, I'm not sure exactly where their points of differentiation are gonna be. So that's what I'm gonna be looking out for. Um, let's move on to number three. So speaking of uh, Binance, CZ commented this morning on interesting kind of two messages coming from France around crypto. Um, so CZ says, France is a bit harsh on Libra, but have to give them kudos for not taxing crypto to crypto transactions more homes for crypto exchanges to flourish. And uh, and so what he was referring to is two things. First, um, so there was a OECD conference, I guess, about cryptocurrencies uh, this week. And the Independent reported that Bruno Le Maire, who's the basically the French economic minister, said, I want to be absolutely clear. 
in these conditions, we cannot authorize the development of Libra on European soil. Um, and so I've had some questions about exactly what that means, uh, but all of the kind of news outlets are, are following and reporting this news, saying that it will block Libra. Um, exactly what that means, I think, is yet to be determined, but it's a ratcheting up, if nothing else, of the rhetoric coming from France against Libra. And so uh, Le Maire has been uh, classically against Libra um, since it was announced. He, previous to that, was uh, very vocally opposed to privacy coins. Um, he thinks they're a big threat uh, to money laundering. So he's not necessarily a big crypto proponent. Now, at the same time, uh, there was uh, another story that broke um, that basically they would be uh, allowing uh, crypto to crypto tax exemption. So this is following Portugal's uh, Portugal's um, example where uh, when you move from crypto to fiat, that's taxable, but crypto to crypto is not, and it's explicitly exempt. And so that actually makes it kind of a positive environment. Um, so uh, a lot of interesting things going on. I think one thing that I wanted to flag that I thought was notable, uh, digging in a little bit more to some of the stories. So uh, this was from CNBC, and they said in his remarks Thursday, Le Maire said he had spoken with ECB President Mario Draghi and Christine Lagarde, who will be the next chief of the central bank, uh, about creating a public digital currency. Um, so this is really interesting to me because it shows, um, I guess it's it's another example, kind of like what we talked about before with the Bank of England governor, Mark Carney, calling for a synthetic hegemonic currency. So uh, Mark Carney, Bank of England governor, previously kind of a vocally um, supportive of Libra, at least compared to other uh, compared to other central banks um, at a uh, Kansas City Fed event at Jackson Hole, Wyoming, a couple weeks ago, proposed effectively that central banks come together, they band together to create their own version of a Libra. Um, and that kind of seems to be echoed in this statement from Le Maire, who said he had spoken with uh, ECB president uh, about a public digital currency. So again, I think for me, the, the clear thing here is that Libra has... Um, it aggressively changed uh, the disposition of governments. It's made cryptocurrency, digital currency be an issue. Um, and now you're seeing the reaction starting to come in. You're starting to see uh, people who are proposing to block or ban Libra. You're seeing people who are countering with their own conception of what a, a digital currency should be and what the role of central banks are. Um, and I think we're just getting started. Uh, so I guess the last question on this front is what happens vis-a-vis -vis Bitcoin? A lot of folks made the point that, um, you know, this is what it'll look like when they come for Bitcoin too. Right now, Bitcoin continues to fly under the radar to some extent. It, it doesn't threaten monetary sovereignty because it looks more like a digital store of gold than it does like an actual full-fledged money. Um, but what happens when uh, when some government does want to take Bitcoin down? So that, that was a lot of the, the, the commentary. I like Nick Carter's uh, quote here, though. The trick is to just go ahead and do it without asking permission first. Um, so, I, you know, again, Really interesting stuff happening. To me, this is the, the biggest story in the world in some ways as it relates to cryptocurrency is what Libra has um, provoked and the dragon that it has awoken uh, and how everything shakes out. Will it be a corporate coin like Libra? Will it be a government coin like, uh, you know, like the, the forthcoming uh, Chinese digital yuan? Will it be a uh, permissionless non-sovereign money like Bitcoin? I think we all know kind of what our bets are on. If you're watching this, I imagine that you're um, in a pretty similar place, whichever your permissioned coin of choice is. However, uh, that to me is, uh, uh, that's the battle, right? Um, so anyways, on that note, let's do one more little bonus section. 
Um, so a bonus on mass adoption. I think it's always interesting to keep an eye on where uh, Bitcoin or where crypto assets are infiltrating the mainstream in some way. Um, so one bit of news on that front, uh, the, the company behind CryptoKitties, which is called Dapper Labs, which spun out of Axiom Zen, which is kind of like a blockchain incubation studio, uh, has just raised another $11 million. Um, so this is from Michael Del Castillo uh, at Forbes, and he, he's basically uh, writing about how CryptoKitties or the company behind CryptoKitties has raised this money from uh, really notable venture investors plus the Warner Music group to create effectively an alternative blockchain to Ethereum that is really specifically designed for um, for entertainment-based digital collectibles, digital assets. And so uh, there was uh, an, some interesting responses in the, in the crypto world. Um, Ariana Simpson, who is an investor in this round, wrote this whole thread about uh, why they're interested in flow and what it might mean. Um, Roham, who's the CEO uh, and founder, or I think he's the CEO, but he's definitely the founder of CryptoKitties and Dapper Labs, um, says that you know we don't think with flow, we don't think of flow as an Ethereum replacement. We're building projects that are more likely to be additive than competitive. What's interesting to me about this is um, I wonder. So I think that the uh, digital asset for entertainment use case is something that we're going to see a lot more explanation of. Could be in the long run that no one cares, but it seems really unlikely to me that there isn't some digital asset that becomes kind of part of the entertainment landscape or part of the marketing tool for albums or part of the, you know, whatever. It's just like as the world gets more digital, I think ownership of things digitally um, is a natural uh, phenomenon to come with it. Now, to what extent that needs to be decentralized, censorship resistant, truly owned on the blockchain, et cetera, I think is the more pertinent question in some ways. Um, and what's interesting to me about something like Flow as an alt Ethereum alternative, let's say, instead of replacement, uh, is they have potentially, if the, if the blockchain doesn't also have to be um, in the service of censorship resistant use cases like money and privacy and things like that, then uh, it, it potentially can make different trade-offs in terms of speed and throughput and all, all the different things that are um, you know, uh, challenges for, for public permissionless blockchains. So that's kind of what I'm watching. I think it's interesting, but I think the thing that's notable here is that no matter what you think, um, you know, a couple years after the ICO boom, you have uh, you know, a corporate VC like Warner Music um, getting into a round that's explicitly about digital collectibles. I think that's notable and I think it's worth watching. Um, but lastly, I think one one more kind of mass adoption thing. So the Watford Football Club in the English Premier League uh, has announced that the Bitcoin logo will be on their shirt sleeves. Um, they are sponsored by the sports betting company, uh, sportsbet.io. Um, so you can see here the uh, the 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 logo um, with the sportsbet.io logo on the front and then the Bitcoin logo on the back. And they basically said that it was because uh, the Bitcoin community has been so important to them um, right from the beginning. And uh, and it's a way to kind of provide more exposure for, for Bitcoin. Um, I think this is really interesting and notable for a couple of reasons. So someone said, you know, is it the best for Bitcoin to be associated with, uh, with a betting brand? And for me, I think on the one hand, you can make an argument that Bitcoin has been from a narrative perspective challenged through association with more illicit use cases. However, I think that there's a difference between judging the ethics or morals of a use case uh, and looking at just how mainstream it is. And so some people may not like sports betting, some jurisdictions may not like sports betting, but this is a company that's achieved a scale where they can sponsor an 
English Premier League team. And I think that that mainstreaming effect uh, may be more powerful than the potential downside of further association with something like betting, right? The, this isn't the Silk Road. This isn't drugs. This is a, a gambling site. And there's a whole lot of people who feel like either A, you're allowed to do whatever you want with your money, or B, even more generally, they just like sports betting because it's fun, right? And uh, and and that's just it for them. So I think that the the publicity there is really cool. But I think that the bigger point that's that was kind of I had a moment of remembering this morning is that this is such a unique phenomenon in the history of the world to have a you know, what Naval has called the most valuable startup of the last 10 years that has no company. Uh, and, you know, we don't know who the founder was. They haven't cashed out. Like these things are all, they break so many lines of tradition or so many ways of how things have been done historically. And now you have, um, you know, a, a company spending some of the most expensive sponsorship and ad real estate dollars in the world, you know, on a, a major global soccer team, uh, you know, in a major global soccer league, uh, that's that, basically you've got a company who's spending their advertising dollars promoting a thing that's maybe a part of uh, of what they do or related to them, but isn't their company, right? It's just this underlying protocol. Um, that's pretty phenomenal, and that's really unique, and and I think it's a uh, it's notable. So, anyways, guys, I just wanted to make a note of that. I think it's cool enough to at least bear mention here. Um, that's it for today. Uh, I think tomorrow we'll try to maybe do some wrap ups of um, Invest Asia uh, CoinDesk. Invest Asia event. Maybe we'll peek over at Tel Aviv Blockchain Week and see if there's been anything interesting. Um, but for now, I'm out. Peace, guys. Talk to you soon.